0: Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Petito. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. And in time, this too shall pass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Jerry Petito taught the class. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Loves the answer, the greener grass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. One day at a time, free at last. When you don't know just what to do. Just what to do. Just what to do. If what you're feeling is really true. Really true. Just keep your ideas safe and, sound. Safe, and sound. safe and sound. That's exactly how change is fast. Change is change is I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. And in time, this too shall pass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Jerry Petito taught the class. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Loves the answer, the greener grass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. One day at a time, free at last.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Jerry Petito show. Guys everyone and anyone out there who knows me knows I am the author of I'm not an addict I'm just an ass. I'd rather be a smart ass than a dumb ass guys because 31 years ago I was a dumb ass but today through the grace of God I can honestly say I'm a smart ass and yes the word ass is in the Bible. Probably over 40 times it means donkey. And that's what I was. So, you know, guys, everybody out there needs to know that they're not alone and they're not powerless, not over anything, especially through God. So if anyone needs my services, I'm a nutritional health coach. I'm a recovery coach. My services to you are free. If anyone thinks they can help someone by purchasing my book, you can go to Simon & Schuster's Archway Publishing Bookstore you can get it there. Um, And can you please subscribe to the Jerry Petito Show YouTube channel? Lots of great things are happening. So having said that, I have a returning guest. I've interviewed him many times on all my platforms. He is probably one of my favorite country rock singers. Michael Wayne Dill. Say hello to everyone.
2: Hello, everyone. So glad to be here, Jerry. Thanks for that wonderful introduction.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, it's true.
2: It is. (laughs) I feel feel the love every time we speak.
1: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You know, um, let's give a shout out to your wife. Tell everyone your wife's name and and how important she is because she helps you with so much.
2: Oh, my goodness. Yes. Shout out to Angie, Angela my godsend, and I kid you not, Jerry, you've known us for a while now, and you know that she is definitely my rock. She's one that keeps me straight, because I do like to stray from time to time, as (sighs) most idiot guys do, (laughs) but she keeps me straight, and I appreciate her and love her to pieces, so... very thankful
0: for her
1: i am as well because if you don't respond she always does (laughs) and
0: that is correct that
1: is correct so i love you Ange. um so what's happening tell everybody what's going on wait you know what though i don't want you to feel like you know you don't want to brag i want to brag about you tell them about your awards let's start there
2: okay well um Let's see. The, the awards you're speaking of come from the Josie Music Awards out of Nashville, and I did win one, two as a matter of fact. That's right. One in 2020 with the Wild and Free album that I did with as a duo with Dennis Scott, and then the second one I got just last year in 2021 for the Georgia Project. They were both uh, country EPs of the year. Some uh, people don't know what an EP is. It's just a, an album that's six songs or less. So I was able to get those two categories two years in a row, and I'm very thankful and blessed because of it.
1: Amazing! So you know what I think we're going to do? Let's give everybody a little taste, and you know, of what you really are about your music, okay? And then we'll talk Sounds a little good. bit more because I really want everybody to hear you. Here we go, guys! And this song is "Wanna Be Famous," right, Michael? That is correct. Okay, and then we'll talk about it. Here we go. Wanna be famous, Michael Wayne Dilga. I love that song. Talk about it. You're already famous. Come on.
2: (laughs) Well, I want to be more famous, I guess, maybe. (laughs) Well, this this song, and uh, as well, this song is off of what we call the Want to Be Famous EP, which I co wrote every one of the songs. Uh, It's six different songs. So, five out of the six I wrote with a writer I met. Online, he lives in Georgia and his name is Don Johnson, not to be confused oh. with the Miami Vice. Don Johnson in Florida. Right. He gets that confusion all the time. But <laughs> trust me, there is a difference. There's an age difference and a look difference. Uh-huh. But Don Johnson, Miami Vice looks much better and he'll admit to that. <laughs> but either way, he's a wonderful writer. He's more of a of a traditional country writer, so that's kind of the direction we went with this particular project. So five out of the six songs he wrote and then there's a guy out of england his name is colin gordon Farley, who i met online as well um and uh we wrote gallon of whiskey now gallon of whiskey and the song you just heard which is i uh, want to be famous both have fiddle in them so like i said we went for that traditional sound to where you most of my stuff doesn't have a fiddle in it but it, it has a country uh more of a rock edge but it's still country but this one is more of a traditional sound, so you know, more of the traditional sounding fans are going to love this one more. So
1: that's cool with but the it's, fiddle. It's
2: a lot of good songs, though. Yes, the fiddle. Man, I love the fiddle. I
1: love the sounds, yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs>
0: um,
1: so, um, so, what else is going, else is going on?
2: on? Well, you've got. Let's see, we've got. I'm trying to think here. We've got Wild and Free, which is the very first project, the Georgia project. Those two were Jane May winners, Mae And then the third project that I did was called Can't Slow Down. And that is, an, that's my first full length album. It has 11 songs on it. So I was like, man, I keep winning with these EPs. I got it. I've got to try doing a full length album. So that's what I went for with Can't Slow Down album. And, uh, so I've got it entered into the Josies for this year. So we'll see what happens, see if we get any nominations out of it. And, uh, it is definitely my rock side because if you, if you listen to this album in its entirety, you will you will you will feel the Thirty Eight Special, you know the a little bit of Def Leppard, you you you'll you'll hear a little bit of uh, REO Speedwagon. I mean, you you'll hear all of my rock influences on this album. So if you're if you're more of a rock edge to if you like more of a rock edge to your country, you're going to love Can't Slow Down album we'll see what happens, though. Okay. Hopefully uh, the GMAs will think as well. So let's, <laughs> Maybe I'll get a long play album this you year. We'll you never know. You never there. know. Never know.
1: So now let's give them the next guy.
2: Yeah, next guy is off of the the Can't Slow Down 11 song project. So you're, you're going to hear some of that rock, some of that Def Leppard, R.O. Speedwagon influence in this song. Here we go.
1: Here we go. love that song
2: awesome thank you
1: I just love it so that one you wrote alone though correct
2: yes that was uh that was one of the ones that I in fact just about every song on the full album I did write except for two and Don wrote one of those and my cousin in Tennessee uh Floyd wrote one of those as well so I Uh, nine out of the 11, I wrote all myself on the, on the full length album. So that was one of them right there.
1: So I've interviewed you many times, but we always have a different audience. So yes, we do. Let's tell everybody really a little bit about your background and, and when you started singing and writing music and who influenced you. Let's talk about all that. Okay. So go ahead. The mic is yours.
2: All right. Basically, I started really performing music and, and it becoming a big part of my life was in high school. And the funny thing about that was I'd always had the desire to want to do it, but never had the enough guts or initiative to get it started. Well, the youth pastor that was at the church that, uh, that we attended, Thomas Row Baptist Church, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of it, Jerry Falwell. But the yep. youth pastor there, I was walking down. I, was, I went to school there. I went to the private school there. got to Lynchburg Christian Academy, and, and the my youth pastor, I passed him in the hall, and he stopped me and he goes, "Is your Mike right?" And I said, "Yeah." He goes, "You look like a singer to me." And I was like, "Are you kidding?" I was like, I, "I've always, you know, had the desire to do it, but I've just never had the guts to try it." And so he took me across the road where his office was. He banged on the piano and he goes, all right, try to hit this, hit this note, hit this note. And so I followed the scale and he goes, you're a tenor, I need a tenor. And that's what started it all right there. But if you ask my aunt, Tennessee, Tennessee, which is where I was originally born, if you ask her, I started singing in in my toddler days when I was, you know, toddling around in my my diapers you know i'd be singing two, two, two looking out my back door you know so i mean you it depends on who you ask is when my career started
1: so okay but yeah
2: and yeah, that's basically where i started of course going out of high school <laughs> I uh, hair metal was in during that time so that's what i tried and i kind of cut my teeth on hair metal and then went back to my roots doing country so, and then, you know, here it is. And I actually went a span of more than 10 years not doing anything because of my current living condition. I was just totally depressed. Then I met the wonderful woman that I'm with now, and she turned my whole life around, and I'm back writing music again, now better than ever.
1: So when, okay, so when did um, you start singing again? What year?
2: That was, let's see, we met... Well, we got reacquainted. We we actually went to school together. And didn't know it. I was I graduated in eighty seven. She was just in the eighth grade at the time. Angie, I'm talk, referring to my yes. wife, Angie. Yes. And so it was probably twenty thirteen when we got reacquainted on Facebook. <clears throat> and then I went through a bad, bad divorce. Not because of her, but I went through a bad, bad divorce. And and having met her again, she helped me get through that. And and just re. It was like, I just felt like I was reborn and she was like, well, you you know, I remember you used to do music in high school and this and that what happened to that? And then she got me back into music and I've just been going hot and heavy at it and here I've got, I was just counting a minute ago, we've got five, six seven albums all together so she has definitely re-inspired me over the, the going on what, ten years to have been together now
0: Wow so its
2: It's been been quite a ride quite a ride, but I owe it all to her.
1: Amazing. Wow. Okay. That that was a really cool story. Okay. So, let's play Voodoo Lady. What do you think?
2: Voodoo Lady. Yes. Let's do this.
1: Okay. And then we'll talk about it. Here we go, guys. Okay. That's really cool.
2: Yes, Voodoo Lady.
1: Oh my goodness, I love it. So what inspired Voodoo Lady?
2: (laughs) Voodoo Lady. Well, I tell you what, this is the one that I co-wrote with Don, and Don sent me the lyrics. Basically, uh, Don just sent me a bunch of his lyrics, and I got to pick from, like, I think he had probably a good, we've probably got another album's worth of stuff, you know, that he's got, but I went through them and I pulled this one because, man, does it not, like, the first time you, it's not even really the first time you fall in love. It's the first stage of being in love. You know, you're just so infatuated with this person and you're like, golly, how much? How do you have this control over me? Are you are you casting a spell on me or something? You know, so that's where the birth of Voodoo Lady came from. You because know, you think you know a Voodoo a Voodoo uh, witch, you know, casts spells on people, right. mean, they Control them, you know. But and so that's kind of what that first stage of love is when you just really just infatuatedly in love with somebody, and you just you lose all sense <laughs> of, of everything, I mean, you just walk around like a like a like a door. It's been hypnotized or something <laughs> you know? When you look back and you, it's, it feels good and you just feel infatuated, but you just look back and go, man, I was stupid. <laughs> you know, some stupid things because I was so infatuated. But anyways, that's basically what the song's talking about. And I think Don hit the nail on the head with, with most of the lyrics there.
1: That's really cool. So, you know, I write poetry. You know that. but you exactly. write you write songs and, you know, men and women think differently. Okay.
0: Um, they
1: do. Yes, we do. Did you know that?
2: <laughs> yes. Hey, I've been hearing for years about, what is it, uh, men are from Mars and mm. women are from yeah, Venus yeah. or something like that. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
1: but when you write music, when you personally write music from a male perspective, what goes yes. through your mind? What? All right, let me ask you this. What right. comes first? The title of something and then you're like, okay, now I'm going to write the story or the thought of a story and then you put it into action and then the title what comes first for you
2: for me for for most of my i would say even 95 percent or higher of my songs come from ideas you know i never even come it's the last minute before i come up with the title and it's usually you know that hook in the chorus that i usually consider the title But, uh, yeah, it's always, for me, it's just the thought. It's just, you know, someone will say something and it'll trigger a thought, and then that generates a song, you know. It's it's usually the title that comes last. But sometimes people will say something, and that title or whatever you consider it, that line that they said is what triggers it, so, you know.
1: That's interesting, because my titles come first.
2: Really? Honest to God. I am fascinated with writers that can do that.
1: And I'm fascinated with... Writers who don't. So, it's isn't that interesting? Like, I'll say, okay, guess <laughs> what, Jeff? True? You're going to write the, A Poet's Corner. And then I did. But the titles uh, always uh, come really? first for me. Yes.
2: I wish I could do that. I do. Oh, my gosh. That's I wish so someone funny. could just say, here's your topic. Write about it. And I, I can get pretty close, but I can't get accurate. Like you could probably. Oh,
1: my gosh. That is so funny, isn't it? That's it crazy. is not it That's crazy. That's crazy. So, all right. Um, before I play itching to scratch, let's talk about the song because I'm dying to know what inspired this <laughs> title
2: <laughs> you know it, this again this was don's this was Don's lyrics, his ideas and he had it was it was called uh itch and scratch. i was like what exactly are you talking about okay you know and then i got to thinking about this you know when i was reading the subject matter and i was like okay you're talking about this straight up sexual attraction you know and then you're, you get the itch to scratch it and you give in to it you know what i'm saying so i kind of i understood where he was coming from and i was like okay well this is my time to be able to rockify a little bit so you'll hear there's a little bit of rock in this track because it has to coincide with what we're talking about so you know this this was Don's little and then he doesn't usually get very far off base because he's he's a good Christian guy too, so he kind of kind of watches what he says, but I was like, you know we, got, we still got to put a rock edge on this thing man you know just just to make it feel like what we're talking about, you know what I'm saying so but in a, in a playful way yeah it, it is it is in fact just another sometimes something can be so strong like the like the voodoo thing. You know, it's just itching to scratch and you, you, you give into that desire or you don't give into it. Regardless, it's there. So you're always gonna have that itch that you want to scratch. So that's you know basically in a nutshell what this song's talking about.
1: So as a as a female, as a woman, I did not expect that to be what it was about.
2: Okay, well I would love to hear what you what you were thinking when you first heard the title before okay, you heard the song. That's right.
1: So the title so I was cracking up and I'm saying itching to scratch. And then I'm like, okay. And this is what honestly came to my mind. Right. Okay. Whatever our desires are, not sexually, like whatever our gifts and talents are, we're itching to just get going on them and get them out there.
2: I love that. I love that.
1: That's what came to my mind until I heard it.
2: But See, guys always fall to the wayside when we're comparing to how women think and men think. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a world of difference, and you just explained it, and and the way you said that.
1: (laughs) And, And you explained it as well, so let's hear it.
2: All right.
1: Here we go, guys. Itching to... To scratch baby it is so funny how we thought of something completely different by that title isn't that cool
2: right oh my gosh
1: so cool (laughs) so the mic is yours like what do you want to get out there we still have a little bit of time and then we're going to play one last song i have a surprise for you a song i kept in queue of yours but i'll share that with you in a few minutes but what else do you want to talk about i don't want to miss anything
2: well, I will tell you this. Now, most of our—I've um, always had uh, my good, close friend of mine, uh, Paul Burgess. He and I've been been together for several years now, and he's been faithful to be right there with me, playing my songs anytime we play out. So we've always been like a like an intimate acoustic, you know, couple of guys type performance. Mm-hmm. Well, here recently, we picked up a drummer, we just tried out a, uh, we had a rehearsal with a bass player, so now we've got a full-fledged band. So, that's going to open up doors for being able to perform the songs in its full entirety and be able to do stages that we wouldn't have been able to do before as a two-piece. So, it's opening up a lot more doors and opportunities, so growth is a good thing.
1: Wow. So, that's pretty cool.
2: That is definitely cool.
1: Did you think nine years ago, when you just started singing again, ten years ago, that this would be going on for you?
2: No, I did not. I figured that I'm good, I'm I'm glad to be getting back into this, and I figured that I would just find a band and just fall in, you know, as a lead vocalist, kind of like what I did through the years, but never did I imagine that I would be coming up with with albums worth of just awesome songs that will win awards, and I've got people in Nashville who 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 help me in every way possible and try to get me in these open doors. So I've got a lot of believers yeah. who faithfully push and 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 help support me, and that is just a godsend. I never imagined it would get this far. So I'm hoping at some point in time we'll start to uh, see some more growth. And get more opportunities, and maybe even sell a song or two. That would be awesome as a songwriter.
1: Okay, gotcha. Of course. what What else is happening? Do you have any up and coming events? Do you have shows coming up? What's going on? Well,
2: yeah, we've got uh, here locally in in Lynchburg. <clears throat> we're, we're starting to branch out and play uh, like breweries. We've got little shows that we're doing as a two and a three piece. And then we've got shows that we're set up to do as a full band, you know, because it depends on where you're playing, you know, you know that determines how many people you can have and that sort of thing. But now that we've got a full band, that opens up being able to play uh, different clubs that we wouldn't have been able to get into. So we'll start to see even more growth once the band gets rehearsed a little bit more and we get some more... Um, opportunities as far as open doors for that so we'll start to get real busy that's what i want to do just be able to get my music out there and play as many shows as i can because the more opportunities you have the more the more apps someone's going to hear that can do something for you so that's the major thing just keeping at it you know and grab every opportunity you can and that includes the Josies, you know so this year i'm going to have the long play album you know, I have the eleven-song album I'm put in there. I'm gonna put in this EP album as well. So I have both categories going, that may I win both. But it's it's just more opportunity. The more you get out, the more irons you get in that fire. The more opportunities you're gonna have for as far as success. So that's the way I'm looking at it.
1: So I have a question for you. You know, the long-playing album, the EP. I- I'm really I'm, I'm 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 ignorant to that kind of stuff. Um, gotcha. When I was growing up, how old are you? Tell everyone.
2: I am fifty-two. I'll be fifty-three this year on July fourth. I'm one of them firecracker babies.
1: Oh, okay, there you go, babe. So I'm sixty-one, and I'm not that. I mean, I'm older than you, but I'm not that much older than you. But growing right. up, it was a lot of years. It was a big difference, you know, gotcha. as a teenager. And so when I used to go to the record stores. You know, I lived in Long Island City, New York, and we had stores right around the block. We could walk to them, sure. you know. And mm-hmm. the the albums were all the same sizes. Gotcha. So when did that change?
2: Well, even back then, you had you had what was called EP, EPs, and you had LPs in LPs in the
1: sixties and seventies.
2: Yeah, even in the sixties and seventies, you had uh, you had albums that were out that that um, you know there were only six or less songs on there. And then you had albums that were out there that had 11, 12, 13, 15. You had double play albums that had, you know, up to 20, 30 songs.
1: Oh, I never realized that.
2: So it all depends on, and it's not necessarily just songs either. It's the length of the songs as well. So once you get over, I think it's six songs at an average of about four minutes. So anything under 30 minutes is considered an EP or a, a, a smaller album. Than your long plays are anything more than you know six songs and could be up to hours you know worth of music.
1: Yeah, I never that's ever thought of it. Always been a
2: distinction they've done even even in the seventies. Never Not sure thought about of it. Fifties and sixties. Yeah,
1: I never thought of it. Never always just bought an album, had my album.
2: <laughs> right, and me neither until I started writing albums and I was like, well, what is the difference? And I looked into it and you know, did some research and stuff. Okay,
1: like Okay, cool. So. All right, so Michael. Um, we're going to play a, a song I keep in queue of yours. It's Angie's Smile.
2: Oh, yes. So. Oh, the one that I did for our fifth year anniversary. Did that song especially for for Angie, so I called it. And it's her smile that got me. And that's what inspired the song. Angie's Smile. It was just so genuine. And it was it's just what captured me from the moment I met her still. Had
1: to write about it. And I love her smile as well. So, what we'll do is we'll close with that song. We'll give everybody a big treat. Instead of my theme song, we're closing with Angie Smile. But before we close, of course, I want to say my thank yous. I am honored once again to interview you. Um, you know, you, you're going to be incredibly famous. I already know I- that. I already know that. And I love you. I love Angie. I love our interviews. I love your music. I love my gifts from you guys. You send me your, your CDs. You know, I'll never forget you called me while you got your award. I'll never forget both of you. Um, I'm completely, completely honored. So I want everyone out there to please share this podcast. Okay. Let's make this guy even more famous than he is, Michael Wayndale. Michael, I love you, and thank you, thank you, thank you.
2: Oh, thank you. I love you too.
1: Now, before I play the song, is there anything else about the song you'd like to share?
2: I mean, basically, this song, just basically, I tried to write it in a way that anyone could understand, and, and I tried to write it in a way that, it d- just grabs you in a way, oh my gosh, I can see why he feels that way. And if you see along with the song and you see a picture of her, you will understand why that was written that way. That's why her smile is so powerful. That's
1: right. Everybody, Michael Wayne Dill, the award-winning country artist here I know at BB. And this lose
0: song Andy Smile, for his beautiful bride. Here we go, guys. And I also know sometimes <laughs> I just don't let her see oh how much she means to me. So then I pull her close and kiss. Those look so soft and sweet. I let her know how much I surely miss makes me feel